Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. And welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Today is Friday, March 10th, 2023. And today is the Feast of the Forty Martyrs of Sebast. They were a group of Roman soldiers stationed in Sebast who were tortured and martyred for their faith in 320 AD. After their refusal to renounce their faith, they were put in a pond of frozen water overnight, and all but one died. The mother of the surviving soldier, Melito, exhorted him to persevere to the end, and upon his death, he joined his companions in martyrdom. Their ashes were to be dispersed in the wind and their bones thrown into the river, but God conserved them so that the faithful could gather them later and keep them as precious relics. Professor Plinio praises the mother of Melito for her selflessness and grandeur of soul in offering her son as a martyr. The 40 martyrs of Sebast pray for us. Praise be to God. Today is Friday. You have made it to the weekend. Congratulations. You survived the week. It is time to relax. Let your hair down. Okay, maybe you probably still have eight more hours in the day, uh, right? I'm already relaxing. You're you're going on vacation right uh, now. Right now. You're currently on vacation, right, Rudy? Just close your eyes. Just kidding. Don't. Don't like, do that. <laughs> no, don't, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. But good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Hey, good morning, Adrian. It's good to be here this, this morning. It's uh, Friday. We made it. It was uh, not a very bad week, but, uh, you know... I'm going to ask for some prayers here. I think I think we're at the end here. I think this is it. I think Bridgie, Bridget, she's going to be here next week. So any second. Now. Any second now. I I left the house this morning. My wife was telling me, "Hey, don't get alarmed, but I think this might be it. I'm starting to feel some things here, so keep my wife in your prayers today. I would appreciate it." All right. So if y'all hear skid marks, that's Rudy running out the door because uh, he found out his wife is uh, needs to go to the hospital. Uh, so praise be to God. Let's pray for Rudy and his family um, that everything goes well with the delivery. If that happens uh, today or next week or whenever it happens, after or the week after, or the week after, hopefully not that long. <laughs> but whenever it happens, we'll be definitely praying that everything goes well. Uh, you know, yesterday, speaking of things going well, we had uh, my the funeral for my grandmother, so that was that went well. I went after uh, after work, I went over to the church, and uh, you know we had mass, we had the burial, and then we were uh, afterwards talking to my family, and it was really nice. It was really nice to see my family. We have a massive family with uh, she had forty seven grandkids, seventeen great grandkids, and like eight great great grandkids. And so we is a just massive, massive group of people at the funeral home, and I was just—it's very nice to see. I, I think about that sometimes, you know. It's like, man, I want to make sure that I have a humongous family because, mm-hmm. like, at the end of the day, your friends may come to your funeral. They, you may have coworkers who go to your funeral, maybe. But at the end of the day, it's going to be your family. It's going to be your family there, and what a beautiful sight to see so many people. Uh, that all resulted from uh, one person. Amen. Pretty amazing. That is incredible. And so on a completely different note, uh, 15 past the hour, we're going to be talking about the necessity of shame. 
Is shame actually a good thing? Uh, let's find out. At 30 past the hour, Daniel Rodriguez is going to be on with us to discuss a Catholic YouTube alternative. Hmm. Is this is this the solution? I don't know. Maybe. It definitely might be something worthy checking out. And in the next hour, we're going to be playing our game show, Fear and Trembling, as is our custom. And uh, right now, Tito is actually on vacation, so don't freak out. He'll be back on Monday uh, <laughs> <laughs> with Rudy always uh, whispering, foreshadowing. A permanent vacation. A per- <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, he'll be back on Monday, uh, so we'll be praying for Tito that he uh, has an enjoyable uh, vacation. Isn't that what they say when somebody goes to jail? And they're like, yeah, he's on no, vacation. No, that's what they call it when they, someone dies. Oh. <laughs> it's like, like, when someone gets whacked. <laughs> like, we're going to send you on a permanent vacation. <laughs> it's like, you're going to kill you. <laughs> mm. All right. <laughs> so, so let's avoid permanent vacations. Like the 40 martyrs. Like the 40 martyrs, exactly. You know, that's a different version of the story that I've heard. Mm. I've right. never heard it before. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I have to share the, the other story later. But let's jump into it. Let's begin in prayer, as is our custom. Let's pray for... Uh, Sarah Grant, Ryan Grant's uh, wife, she's uh, going through organ failure at the moment, so she uh, may be going to her eternal reward at any moment. So let's pray for a miracle that she be healed and that her eight kids get to uh, keep their mother. Let's pray for the repose of my great-grandmother, Janie Hernandez. And let's pray for Rudy and his wife and his uh, and their daughter. And we'll be praying for all these things. We'll be praying for whatever your intentions are, all of your prayers. We'll be praying for your friends, your family, your benefactors, and all those that you promised to pray for, all those we are keeping in our hearts. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. O Joseph, Virgin Father of Jesus, most pure spouse of the Virgin Mary, pray for us daily to the Son of God, that armed with the weapons of his grace, we may fight as we ought in life and be crowned by him in death. Behold the faithful and prudent servant whom the Lord set over his house. Pray for us, O holy St. Joseph, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now your headline news with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Rudy Carlos here. You are listening to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Today is Friday, March the 10th, and here are your headlines. Catholic World News reports a nonprofit foundation established by lay Catholics has presented U.S. bishops with data linking priests with online gay dating services. The Colorado-based group Catholic Lady and Clergy for Renewal has spent millions of dollars to buy mobile app tracking data that's easily available and identified priests who use gay dating and hookup apps and then shared it with bishops around the country. Maybe something will come from that. Crux reports Germany's Catholic bishops and lay representatives gathered for the final meeting of a potentially groundbreaking so-called reform assembly that has marked tensions between liberalizers and conservatives and is drawing increasingly open opposition from the Vatican. The final gathering is expected to, to discuss proposals that involve blessings by priests for same-sex couples, female deacons, and the role of the faithful in choosing bishops, among other things. Reuters reports, as Pope Francis nears the 10th anniversary of his election, Catholics in his homeland of Argentina are anxious for a papal visit. But church officials suggest that the pontifical climate for the country does not favor a papal, or rather the political climate for the country does not favor a a papal visit. Guillermo Marco, who is a spokesman for the then Cardinal Bergoglio, when he was the Archbishop of Buenos Aires, said, He knows if he comes here, they will tear him to pieces. 
And Fox Business reports Norfolk Southern train derails in Alabama just before CEO testifies. Hours before Norfolk Southern CEO Alan Shaw appeared before Congress on Thursday, another of the rail operator's trains derailed in Alabama. Around 37 train cars have come off the tracks in Calhoun County. And those were your headline news this morning. God bless your efforts today. The Gospel of the Day comes from Matthew chapter 21, verses 33 through 46. Listen to another parable. There was a rich man who planted a vineyard. He walled it in and dug a wine press and built a tower in it and let it out to some vine dressers while he went on his travels. When vintage time drew near, he sent his own servants on an errand to the vine dressers to claim its revenues. Whereupon the vine dressers laid hands upon his servant. They beat one, they killed outright, one they stoned. And he sent other servants on a second errand, more than he had sent at first, but they were used no better. After that he sent his own son to them. They will have reverence, he said, for my son. But when the vine dressers found his son coming to them, they said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, and seize upon the inheritance. And they laid hands on him, thrust him out from the vineyard, and killed him. And now, what will the owner of the vineyard do to those vine dressers when he returns? They said he will bring those wretches to a wretched end, and will let out the vineyard to another vine dressers, who will pay him his due when the season comes. And Jesus said to them, Have you never read those words in the scriptures? The very stone which the builders rejected has become the chief stone at the corner. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. I tell you then, that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people which yields the revenues that belong to it. As for the stone, when a man falls against it, he will break his bones. When it falls upon him, it will scatter him like chaff. The chief priests and the Pharisees saw clearly when they heard his parables that it was of themselves he was speaking and would gladly have laid hands on him, but they were afraid of the people who looked upon him as a prophet. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Cornelius Alapide had, a, as usual, quite a bit to say. One thing he said here is, Jesus saith unto them, Did ye never read in the Scriptures? The stone which the builders rejected, the same is become the head of the corner. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Christ here cites Psalm 118, verse 22, where David speaks and prophesies of Christ. And the scribes knew this. Wherefore, they understood that they were marked and censored in this sentence by David as well as Christ. The meaning is the scribes, priests, and Pharisees, as the builders of the synagogue, the Jewish church, cast Christ from it as a worthless stone, indeed as being hurtful to it. They condemned and killed him. For the scribes, whom he had previously called laborers and husbandmen, he now calls builders, says St. Jerome. But this stone rejected by the Jews is made by God the head of the corner. That is, it was placed at the head of the corner and was made the chief and altogether fundamental stone of the church. And at the same time, the cornerstone, so as to join and connect 
the two walls of the Gentiles and the Jews on itself as in a corner. In the same fabric and house of the church, so says St. Augustine, St. Basil, Euthymius, and many, many others, they either hear or on Psalm 118, verse 22, St. Peter says in his first epistle, where I have expounded the passage at length, for frequently in scripture, the fabric of the church is compared to the building of a house, which is laid upon a solid foundation, such as a rock. For this, the church is built upon and rests upon Christ. And I notice here, he goes, he's about to uh, make a connection here to Christ, who is the foundation stone, and Peter, who upon that rock, Christ builds his church. Cornelius Lapide goes on, he says, Christ, therefore, is the first rock of the church who communicated this name together with the thing itself to St. Peter, that after Christ, he should be the rock of the church, and then to the rest of the apostles, whom in like manner, he constituted the foundation of the church. Moreover, and here I love when, when Cornelius Lapide does this, I think it's hilarious. He just comes after Calvin. He says, moreover, Calvin arrogantly, as well as foolishly and impiously, declares himself to be the stone. For as much as being rejected by the Pope in the Roman Church, he became the foundation of the Calvinistic sect. Thus does this, that proud braggart dare to equal himself to Christ, yea, to rob Christ of his oracle and title. But let him give the signs by which he may show that he has been sent by God. Let him show, I say, miracles, prophecies, scriptures, as Christ did. But he never has shown them, and he never will. Boom, shakalaka moment right there. <laughs> Therefore, he is not the reformer of the church, but the deformer. <sighs> Mic drop from uh, Cornelius Lapide. You have to also remember, Cornelius Lapide was living during this era. He was a 16th century, 16th, 17th century. He was there, and he was seeing the results of the Protestant uh, revolution, the, the deformation of the church by, by Calvin. And he comes after him and says, how can you create a church called the Calvinist church and Luther creating the Lutheran church and all these churches popping up being named after yourselves? Isn't Christ the cornerstone? And isn't, didn't Christ give that role to Peter as Christ is in heaven? And so Peter being his vicar on earth. So how can you claim to do this thing? How can you claim to be a foundation of a new church. And because that is exactly what it is, because it's not the Christian faith as created by Christ. Instead, no, it is in fact a church created by man. We'll be right back with more on Catholic Drive Time after this break. Hey, Donnie, what does the catechism say that the purpose of life is? To know, love, and serve God to be happy in the next. That's right, so we can be happy with Him in the next life. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children, and if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. 
Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Have you ever replaced pronouns in the Bible such as who, whom, whosoever, ye, you, etc., and replaced those words with your name and therefore you personalize the Bible to yourself? Do you do that? Is that a safe way to read the Bible? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, Bible complexity. Mechanics study motors. Architects study design. Linguists study syntax. But for the most part, Christians don't study the how-tos of safe biblical interpretation called hermeneutics. Secondly, Aquinas. In the Summa, we see the caution. Aquinas says of the Bible, quote, the manner of its speech transcends every science because in one and the same sentence, while it describes a fact, it reveals a mystery and thirdly a tough comeback. I know it seems plausible to simply say the Bible is a love letter straight from God to humanity, but wait a minute. A sentence or a paragraph in a love letter has context. Yes, with great caution, we can personalize some context, but remember, when you're at the central figure in the Bible, God isn't, and that's just wrong. And welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca, and it's so good to be on with you today. You know, I'm just going to talk about the, I don't want to say virtue, but the positive aspects of shame. But before I do, I want to just make a comment on something I just saw right now. I just saw this uh, post by Jordan Peterson coming after Pope Francis, and you know, Jordan Peterson says a lot of good things a lot of times, and I appreciate his defense of masculinity. But, you know, it always rubs me the wrong way when people who are not Catholic and people who are barely believers, like Jordan Peterson, who claims that he believes in God, but his definition of God is really whack, and then they come after people in the church— now, there are legitimate criticisms that can be made of Pope Francis, and we do here all the time. And I might even agree with some of the points that Jordan Peterson makes, but I do not like it when people talk about the church that are not members of the church. It's kind of like whenever you and your family get together and you can be like, you know, my my brother is acting this way, and you know, you got to correct your brother. Uh, but if someone else, a stranger, starts mocking your brother or or says something negative about your brother well then the gloves are off man like i'm we're gonna fight like you can't be insulting my brother only i'm allowed to do that only my sister's allowed to do that only my parents are allowed to do that and that's kind of how i feel about whenever people in the secular media come after pope francis and come after people in the church even if they're they're identifying real problems and identifying legitimate things it always rubs me the wrong way i'm not I'm not a fan of that, and uh, maybe maybe next week I'll uh, I'll read through the whole thing that Jordan Peterson put out here, and maybe we'll talk about that. But uh, that's just a uh, cursory note on that point. Anyway, back to the topic at hand. There was a story that came out the other day that was making headlines all over the place, surprisingly. And I'm like, why does anybody care? Why does anybody care about this? And I started thinking about it and looking at all the stories that were kind of trending and kind of saw a through line in this. So let me read this story to you. A surveillance video on February 28th showed a black Ford 250, F-250 burning tire marks on top of the LGBTQ pride flag that is painted on the road. Your message of hate is not wanted in the city of Fort Lauderdale, says Fort Lauderdale Mayor Dean Trantalis. Honestly, it was a stupid act on their part, whether they were pranksters or people who were just after to show that intolerance is 
what they live by. It's not desired in our city, and we are not going to accept it. As security footage also showed a passenger getting out of the truck to record the driver causing the damage. Police are now looking for both suspects. Fort Lauderdale Police Chief Lynn provided a statement that read in part, The Fort Lauderdale Police Department is deeply disturbed this incident took place. We stand in support of our LGBTQ community and will continue to gather details surrounding this vandalism. I hope they get educated, to be honest with you. Above everything else, I hope that they're called out and that somehow they can find that people are people, said Whitehurst, and everybody should be able to go to do what they want to do as long as they're not hurting anybody else. Anyone with information is encouraged to contact Detective Jones or call Crime Stoppers. Um, so if when people we release criminals back into the streets, uh, I'd never have seen anybody get arrested for vandalism. People tag street corners all the time. All these things happen, but if you desecrate the national flag of uh, LGBTQ ideology, then the full ire of the police force comes down upon you. They're having detectives investigating. They listed the phone number to uh, to call in the Crime Stoppers. They were giving out a cash reward for people who have information to find these criminals. This is the crime that is uh, being emphasized. Meanwhile, what's going on? Antifa is firebombing police stations. And has anybody, secular media, talked about that at all? No, 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 I haven't heard anything. And then this story comes out. A story came out about a Daily Wire employee who came out and said that they quit because they were upset with what Matt Walsh had to say about transgenders. And here's what this person said. They said, on Valentine's Day, Matt Walsh did a segment on his show about transgender influencer Dylan Mulvaney. That has now been viewed by millions. Quote, you are weird and artificial. You are manufactured and lifeless. You are unearthly and eerie. You are like some kind of human deepfake, Walsh said. Everyone who looks at you will see something pitiful and bizarre. End quote. Walsh has defended these statements as good strategy because he said they rally the conservative base. He adds that the goal is not to convince the other side, but to defeat, humiliate, and demoralize his opponents. This triggered a race to the bottom with other social media personas, one-upping each other to see who can take more extreme stances. I can only assume that the enthusiasm generated by Matt Walsh's hardline position encouraged another colleague of mine, Michael Knowles, to have a controversial statement at this year's Conservative Political Action Conference. Many left-wing media outlets deliberately misinterpreted Knowles' claim that, quote, transgenderism should be eradicated from public life entirely as a call for eradicating transgender people. And many later corrected their headlines to accurately reflect the quote. A generous interpretation of Knowles' statement is that he wishes to eradicate gender ideology, a postmodern social theory from public life, so why not say that? On this issue, it is extremely important to clearly distinguish between people and ideas so as not to feed into the left-wing manufactured hysteria about impending genocides. Okay, this whole article here, absolutely absurd because they're attacking Matt Walsh for telling the truth. Everybody, when they look at people like Dylan Mulvaney, this man who is a transvestite, dresses like a woman, had had surgery on his face to look like a woman, and what is being happened here? They are trying to show this person and say, hey, look, this person is actually a woman and get you to say it too. And what is Matt Walsh doing? Matt Walsh is trying to heap shame upon this person. 
And that's not a bad thing. In fact, shame is a good thing. Shame is the feeling that we have when we're faced with the awareness that we have failed to live up to some standard or expectation. So the only time that shame is actually a bad thing is that is when shame or when your expectations or your standards are wrong. And so the culture tries to shift the burden of shame over and say, no, what's shameful is to be against LGBT ideology. What's shameful is to desecrate the LGBT pride flag. What's shameful is to condemn transgender ideology. All these things are shameful. But the right answer is to not say, oh, yeah, we need to be nicer about this. Oh, yeah, we need to not be so harsh against these positions. Instead, our answer should be no. It is your position that is shameful. It is your position that is leading souls to destruction. And so I must heap shame upon it. I must. And you don't have to do it by lying. You don't have to do it by using incredibly vulgar language. Because if you notice, Matt Walsh, I, I directly quoted Matt Walsh. Not one word here is something that I needed to censor. Not one word here is anything that is a curse word. Not one here is a, is a curse upon the person. He's simply describing. He says, you are weird. Yeah, that's tr true. It is weird. You are artificial. Yes, he's literally reconstructed his face. Yes, you are manufactured and lifeless. Have you seen the way his skin is now? Because he has uh, plastic surgery. He has literal plastic in him. He has lifeless things in his body. You are unearthly and eerie. Yes, that's very, very accurate. All these things are very accurate and everyone thinks so. But nobody wants to say it because they're afraid of the response. And I saw this uh, joke that Chris Rock made and immediately made me think of this exact situation. He tells a joke in his new series. I don't recommend watching it. I had to censor the, this joke, which is literally only two lines long. It's very vulgar. Uh, he made a lot of really nasty comments. But the one joke really um, stood out to me. He said that he was gushing about his uh, new friend's job. And his friend comes up to Chris Rock and tells him, I feel so seen. I feel so heard at my job and he goes on this whole thing about different it's so diverse and all these things and chris rock scrunches his face and tells him he goes he said quote i'm looking at him like dude it's me what you think i'm wearing a wire or something and i was like i started laughing because that's a hundred percent correct everybody kind of acts and talks and censors themselves because they feel like they're always on camera and they kind of are they kind of are always on camera and people are afraid of being turned into the woke mob. And so they censor themselves and people say, well, no one's trying to prevent you from speech, except they will cancel you. They will try to ruin your life. They'll try to get you fired from your job. All these things are real possibilities. And if you're a, no matter who you are, you could be Tucker Carlson. They're going to have members of the Senate try to condemn you from the House floor. If you have if you have any kind of position whatsoever, they're going to contact your boss. They're going to try to create a social media outrage. They're going to do anything in their power to try to condemn you, to try to get you fired. And it reminded me of what was happening in Stalin's communist Russia. The in communist Russia, even your closest loved ones, your neighbors, your friends could be Stalin's informers. A reading from this article on Stalin's Russia. In Stalin's Russia, everyone was an informer. And as a chilling new book reveals, one word from a resentful child was enough to send you to the firing squad. 
When two teenage boys were found stabbed to death in a forest in western Siberia, investigators decided that they had been killed by their own relations because one of the youngsters had denounced his father to Stalin's Soviet authorities. The case in September 1932 became a cause celebrated in Russia, and the dead boy was hailed as a martyr to the people's cause. He had chosen a loyalty to the state in preference to the pernicious bourgeoisie notion of duty to a parent. It had been alleged that his father, Trofim Morozov, who was a kulak, a rich peasant from the class which Stalin had set out to exterminate as he collectivized every farm in the Soviet Union. More than a million so-called kulaks were disposed of their lands, evicted from their homes, and shipped eastward in long columns of human misery to labor in the camps of the gulag, and later, likely enough to be shot, as was Trofim. The teenager was a pioneer, a member of the Soviet youth movement, and a perversion of the scouts which trained its members to believe that to inform against the people's enemies represented a high ideal, that to betray one's own family was the highest good of all. At the trial, he, the father cried out desperately to his son in the witness box, It's me, your father, Pavlik said coldly to the judge. Yes, he used to be my father, but I no longer consider him my father. I am not acting as a son, but as a pioneer. This is very, very concerning because this is what we're seeing in our day today. They want to shame you for being good. They want to put shame upon your head for believing in the true, the good, and the beautiful. And instead, we have to say, no, I will not become a whisperer. I will not hide my flame under a bushel basket. But instead, I will be bold. I will stand out. I will risk it all for, the, for Christ the King. I will risk it all because the things that they promote are evil and it's that that should be ashamed. It is that which we should condemn. So let us be bold. Let us stand up and recognize that Christ is king, that we can be like the 40 martyrs of Sebast, that we can be martyrs. In this age, what a grace that we live in. What a grace that we live in an age where we can stand up and fight for Christ the King. More on this under Sunday's break. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. In your view, was the Virgin Mary simply an obedient woman who willingly gave biological and maternal matter to Jesus and therefore has been given undue adoration? So here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, the Bible. The Virgin Mary is in the first book of the Bible, the last book of the Bible, all through the Gospels and close to 15 other typologies throughout Scripture. Secondly, the Ark of the Covenant. It was the most revered object in the history of the children of Israel. That ark carried the presence of God. Well, goodness, the Virgin Mary did not just carry the presence of God. She carried God himself. Thirdly, something to think on. If God is a father, he is, and we are known as his children, we are, and the body of Christ are called brothers and sisters, they are. Wouldn't God provide a mother for his church? He did. So here's an idea. Ask a wartime veteran who soldiers cry out for in a moment of fear. That's right, their mother. Mother Mary, pray for us. Hi, this is Dr. David Anders from EWTN's Call to Communion. I believe that the Ministry of Catholic Radio is one of the greatest tools we have in the Church for evangelism today. I hear from people all over the world on a daily basis who have encountered Christ in the Catholic Church for the first time by listening to Catholic Radio. 
please support the ministry of Catholic Radio today. Support Guadalupe Radio Network. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. I'm Rudy Carlos, and here are a few more news stories for you today. The National Catholic Register reports Cardinal McElroy contradicts Pope Francis on Eucharistic coherence. Bishop Paprocki said in an interview, saying, quote, I think it's very convenient to try and hide behind Pope Francis and say, well, if you disagree with me, you're really disagreeing with Pope Francis, unquote. He continues saying, but I think the reality is contrary to that. Correct reports the fallout over an explosive television report alleging that St. John Paul covered up clergy sex abuse cases escalated on Thursday, with Poland's Catholic Church strongly defending one of the greatest Poles. Government figures, including the Polish Prime Minister, have strongly defended the late Pope as a national hero and the country's highest moral authority. Leftist politicians seized on allegations that he knowingly project protected predator priests with some calling for Pope John Paul II's name to be taken off streets and school names. And finally, Catholic News Agency reports that the Vatican held a meeting on Thursday to try three climate activists for criminal damage to a famous statue in the Vatican Museums after they superglued themselves to the base of the statue. They are accused of damaging the base of the statue using particularly strong and corrosive synthetic adhesives. I say that we throw them in the pontifical dungeon. Here's an extra one for you. The LA Times reports deaths climb to 13 after San Bernardino snowstorms. More than a dozen people have died in San Bernardino County uh, communities in the wake of back-to-back -back snowstorms that dumped historic amounts of snow more than 100 inches in some places, stranding many of, their, of the people there in their homes, county officials have said. The San Bernardino Sheriff's Department said Thursday it has responded to 13 deaths through uh, investigations and have determined that only one had a direct correlation to the weather, according to a news release. Those are headline news this morning. God love you. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. And joining us right now is Daniel Rodriguez. He is the one of the founders of this really cool new uh, YouTube alternative called Spiritus TV. Good morning to you, Daniel. Good morning, Adrian. How are you? I'm doing well. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. And be Daniel, you know, the this whole thing with uh, the censorship on YouTube, we get it all the time. It's the most frustrating thing ever. And, you know, we, we did a story not that long ago about how YouTube is corrupting our children and how whenever people sign up for YouTube kids, so they, they hand, they set up a YouTube kids account, they hand off their phone to the kids and they're like, okay, go, go watch your YouTube. And the YouTube is recommending them transgender videos, transvestite videos, drag queen videos, homosexual videos, all these videos targeted to children. And people are like, there is a, all there. I cannot even serve YouTube without being driven to the LGBT ideology and it's indoctrinating my children. And then you come along and create this. So tell me about Spiritus TV. Yeah, so uh, that's kind of the idea that, that we had when um, I, I started this Catholic Apostolate about two years ago. And my idea was to build uh, alternative to big tech. While we were thinking of building this this apostolate, uh, was when Cecilium got knocked off of uh, off of um, YouTube. So we started thinking, what would happen if he had been knocked off of YouTube permanently? 
we would, uh, I mean, it's not like you can build a video platform overnight. So it could have been months, maybe years before we would be able to see his, his sermons and, and videos. Um, and on the flip side of that also is when, when you go to YouTube, for example, I've been paying for months, about $18 a month, specifically not to see the ads like you were saying on YouTube. A lot of it is disgusting. A lot of it is a problem. Uh, so what we started thinking is we need to build an alternative to YouTube, but it also needs to be guided by Catholic morality. So these advertisements that we're going to have on Spiritus TV are going to be vetted Catholic uh, advertisements. Now, uh, so our idea is a five-year-old could go to Spiritus TV, click around, anything they, they want, and you wouldn't have to worry about it. Yeah, that would be absolutely wonderful to have uh, that kind of option available, you know. But the the one thing that I was I was surfing through Spiritus TV, and I know it's a it's a very young platform, but pretty much everything on the platform right now is like uh, news or it is sermons. Uh, do you foresee uh, how is it that you are curating the the content? Is there going to be like, for instance, uh, maybe your your a Catholic a vlogger, a Catholic entertainment, those kind of other kind of things, uh, maybe even not explicitly Catholic, but just wholesome and good? Of course, yeah. We're, we're looking for stuff like that because uh, we want it to be exactly like YouTube. There's a lot of times people, what they'll say is, okay, that's great, there's, there's sermons, there's uh, things like that, but then I want to learn how to, uh, you know, build a table or something, I wound up going back to YouTube so I can watch those things. But I have really great news because there have been uh, some content creators that have joined recently. For example, there's OMD Reviews, which reviews movies, uh, comic books, stuff like that. They, they, they approach it from a Catholic perspective. We have quite a few. There's about three of them. One I can think of right now is Prayer and Productivity, which are homeschool moms. So they're at home and they help either your homeschool mom or your uh, a new mother, you know, in uh, all these issues that might arise from the women's perspective, mm. and they're providing that as well. And we're looking for, so if you do have some kind of skill set that you want to put out there, you want to put on video, you want people to learn from, don't be afraid to contact us at info at spiritistv.com. Uh, we'll vet you, and if you are good enough for our, our platform as far as it comes to Catholic morality, wholesome videos, we'll allow you to be on Outspirits TV. That's great. You know, as you're talking about this, uh, Daniel, I'm thinking about how important community is for us Catholics. You know, uh, here at uh, here in Houston, at my parish, you know, there's a, a really thriving community there, and uh, all the moms get together all the time. They talk. Uh, but there's people out there who don't have that that community, so it's it's great to uh, to uh, to hear about that on your platform. I'm curious, though. You know, one of the one of the things that we talk about as conservatives uh, is is we say, well, we need to have an alternative platform. And oftentimes, these platforms uh, that we create for ourselves they they don't have as much money as YouTube or Twitter or any of these other places. So I'm wondering, maybe you could talk a little bit about the process of, of uh, how it was to create this website and uh, some of the challenges that you have. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Challenges. That's, that's definitely a way to put it. <laughs> we, um, so we couldn't have 
gotten to where we are right now without our ladies' intercession. It's really amazing. Uh, we There's four of us that started this. We invested our own money into it. Uh, but one of the things that, and just to, to kind of an aside that's related to the question that you asked me, one of the things that we were concerned about when we were worried about being canceled was there's a lot of big tech companies that run servers, for example, they could even cancel you. Mm. So we had to go to that level uh, and we got our own servers. Oh, wow. So, mm. But we have to pay that yearly. So server costs, for example, for now are about $50,000 a year. That's something Ooh. that we need to cover. Yeah. So what, what we had to do is right now we're working on donations, but I want to tell the listeners to please consider uh, giving a generous donation to Spiritus TV because these are costs that are coming uh, up, uh, you know, that are come up every single month. Now, um, we, we're a nonprofit organization. We're never going to make any money off of Spiritus TV. We all have our full-time jobs. This is something that we do on the side that we're, we're trying to build. So as long as we can cover those costs, which run like between four to five thousand dollars a month because from the servers and all the other costs, we're happy. We just want to make sure that we can build this alternative for people uh, because I think people are, are hungry for it and we need it. And if we start trying to build these products after we get canceled, it's going to be too late. We have to start building them now. Mm. And there's there's a time frame, right? You don't go from point A to point B overnight. So we need to start building it now. So please go to Spiritist TV. There's a donate button there, spiritisttv.com. Hit the donate button. Um, include, even if I can add here, we're actually working with a, a new organiz, um, a new group called memberdrive.org, which is kind of a Catholic-run uh, Patreon. We're going to be connecting them by the end of the week, uh, by the end of the weekend, and you'll be able to give donations there. So not only to that level, we're also going to be using Catholic uh, companies for our donations. Wow, that's pretty awesome. And uh, before we go to a break, you know, the ships of Lepanto, because you're also working on something else related to this, aren't you? Yes. So ships of Lepanto is, is a, it's a tech apostolate, and this is our first project that we're getting out there. But there's a lot of things that are related to it. Uh, even, uh, for example, we're on Zoom now. It's, it's a, a company that is not friendly to our interests. So it's necessary for us to start building things now. So one of the things we have already built, we need to test out, but we're concentrating on Spiritist TV mm. is to have a Zoom alternative. Uh, but there's other projects that are coming down the road. For example, a Dropbox alternative. Dropbox being a online storage where you store your files in the cloud, which is great. But again, a lot of these companies are run by woke people. They're uh, the engineers, the developers are woke. So you could be canceled on that end. So we're going to build an online storage for Catholics and for conservatives to feel safe storing their their documents on the on the cloud. Very good. And when we come back, I want to ask about like what you could use in terms of like maybe volunteers and things like that. Uh, so more on this on the other side of the break. 
Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-handed tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. When you walk into your non-denominational church or your megachurch, what do you see? What stands out to you? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, observations in a Catholic church. You will notice at least eight items, all of which have religious, historical, or biblical significance. Secondly, what are those items? As soon as you walk in, the can't-miss baptismal font, a stone altar, stained glass windows, 14 stations of Christ's passion, statues, a gold tabernacle, a lit candle near the tabernacle, and a large crucifix. Thirdly, my take. So, what seems to fill your church and truly move you toward Jesus? Oh, I know you don't need a physical or superfluous objects to move you toward Jesus. He's everywhere and in your heart. And that is true. But tell that to Moses, David, and Solomon, who were under strict and exact directions from God on how to build his house and then fill it with his Shekinah glory. I mean, does a comfy chair, does a flashy Fender guitar, does a well-fashioned stage move you toward contemplation and holiness? Remember, stages are for entertainment, but sanctuaries are for worship. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We're currently cruising at 39,000 feet. We'll turn that seatbelt sign off for you and let you move about the cabin. Looks like we're about two hours and ten minutes from landing. Plenty of time for you to pray a chaplet. Wouldn't it be great if everyone prayed the chaplet of Divine Mercy daily? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion from Guadalupe Radio Network. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca, and it is so good to be on with you today. It is awesome to be here on this Friday morning. Sun's peeking out. It's a good day. Uh, but joining us right now is Daniel Rodriguez. He is the one of the creators of Spiritus TV. And before we went to break, I had brought up the point that, you know, all these things he was mentioning, and I was thinking, you know what? The more I think about it, the more I think Daniel was right. Like, at any point, we, they were, there, we are going to be canceled. It's not a, more of a question of when or if, but rather when, because we already see ourselves getting censored. We get strikes on YouTube constantly. We uh, get censored for every single thing, uh, problems happening, shadow banning, all these things. And so many people are creating these tech alternatives, but what about for Catholics that is good and true and beautiful? And we are talking about how much people need, uh, you need money to accomplish these things. But what about manpower? I know there are a lot of people who are also into the tech industry. I have friends who work in cybersecurity and things like that. What kind of uh, people could you use as volunteers or something like that, Daniel? Yeah, we're uh, thank you for that, Adrian. Yeah, we're we're a volunteer organization, so everything we do is is um, you know whenever we have time after work. Uh, for example, uh, one of my developers just had their Keith just had baby number nine, uh, Joaquim uh, Alexander uh, Gabriel. I mean, uh, please pray for him. But uh, what happens with that? We're very happy. But what happens with that is I just lost fifty percent of my developer team. <laughs> so we're very happy for them, but uh, stuff like that can happen. So if you have any coding knowledge, any technology uh, knowledge, marketing, anything, reach out to us as well because we can definitely use the help. We can only do so much. A lot of the things that we're working on could have been done, done a lot quicker if we had a more robust team, if we could dedicate 40 hours a week. Uh, obviously, you can't do that. So if you think you have the skill set to be able to help us, 
And it's it's not just technology, right? It could be from the marketing side, from copywriting side. There's there's so much art, right? Uh, so please reach out to us. Same email, info at spiritistv.com, and uh, you can uh, help uh, join the team. Awesome, awesome. Praise be to God. And one other thing about this program or this platform is you were telling me that you are working on a process of being able to go live here. And I think that would be awesome. We'd be able to start streaming there as well because I know many people on our YouTube side or Facebook side have abandoned ship and have gone over to Rumble and Odyssey and places like that. And I think that's great that we are getting on these alternative platforms. But how great would it be to get on a Catholic platform for these kind of conversations that we're having? Yeah, of course. And and, and something that I, we thought about that, it was, if, if people get canceled, they could just go over to Rumble or Odyssey and all these other platforms that are there. But unfortunately, a lot of those platforms, there's a lot of filth. So you kind of got to uh, wade through the mud to get to the diamonds, you know, the pearls. So I... I mean, unfortunately, uh, right now, there, for some of this content, maybe there, there isn't anywhere to go, but that's what we're thinking about Spiritist TV. Come over here to Spiritist TV so you don't have to worry about what you're, what you're looking at. Um, yeah, don't get me started yeah, and, on uh, BitChute. You know, BitChute, there's there's oh, a few yeah. people that I watch on there, but man, I got to close my eyes as I'm searching for them, you know, because <laughs> there's a lot of really <laughs> degenerate stuff on there. Uh, and uh, yeah. And you bring up a good point, Daniel, you know. Uh, we should care about uh, about what we see, you know. Uh, nowadays, it's very difficult to even walk down the street, but uh, it's it's important for us to remember that, you know. We have to to keep our our eyes pure, our mind pure, and uh, a platform like yours is a really good thing. Yeah, that's true. Uh, custody of the eyes is very important. Uh, a lot of evil enters through the eyes. I don't need to tell anybody that in mm-hmm. modern day America, just uh, walking down the street of even your your smallest town, you see some pretty uh, ridiculous, immoral things happening. So if we can limit that, it's better. I remember reading somewhere that it was saying that when we have to answer for our actions, we're also going to have to answer for the the sins that we had people commit because of us. Right, so we we can't just think uh, that uh, we go home, we turn on YouTube, and then we're kind of away from all of that. No, it, it, there's still evil out there. They're trying to infiltrate it slowly and slowly. And what I'm more concerned about is the families, uh, children that maybe you can't watch every second of every day, and then they jump on YouTube and they start clicking around. So if we can. Give them that alternative where they can go somewhere and you don't have to worry about it. I think it helps both with the raising of children, with the custody of our own eyes, especially thinking about, like, let's say Lent. Uh, so God willing, this is something that will be a, a move forward in that direction. And, you know, that kind of reminded me of the the Consecrate Texas movement that you're also heading up. You, sir, are a very busy man. I don't know how you do it. But the the Consecrate Texas movement is kind of about this exact thing, about not simply just being Catholic in our homes, but in every aspect of our life, whenever we are surfing the web, when we are watching videos, when we're getting our entertainment, and every aspect of our lives, we have to be Catholic in every moment of it, not just in our homes or in church. Uh, Tell me a little bit about the Consecrate Texas movement. 
Sure. Well, the Consecrate Texas movement, I think it, it's very important for us to – there's – there's so I don't need to explain everything that's going wrong with this country, with the world in general. It, it's so terrible, and, and a lot of it, I know people think we can change things through politics, we can change things through policy changes, We can, but there's one weapon that we're not really thinking of and we should always think of as Catholics, and that's the Holy Rosary. We've won many battles as Catholics against all odds, uh, asking for the intercession of Our Lady, so what better thing is there to go out there in the public in the public square to take take over some space, praying for the intercession of Our Lady, holding those beads in our hands, walking down the streets, let everybody hear those prayers. You'll be surprised how many people we can convert, which is something that we're called to do as Catholics, which is to convert all nations. That's every single nation to the, the one true faith. Uh, I also want to add to that that there was a... There was a young lady, I, I, I come from New York originally, well, I'm, I'm from New Jersey, but I, I moved to, to Dallas from New York, and there was a lady there that converted, I, I saw her when she was uh, getting confirmed at her baptism, she was an adult, and I asked her, what, what led to your conversion? And she said, you know, when I, she was in college, she would go to the cafeteria, and every single day there was this one girl that would do the sign of the cross and pray and say grace before she ate. And it just, in the world of today, it was so rare. It was such, it, it was the sanctification of that little space that she noted. And that led her down the path. They wanted to, A, get, get to know her, find out more why she did that, why she was praying before she was eating, and eventually led her down to her conversion. These little acts we can do. Uh, so I implore everyone out there, uh, and this is outside of Spiritist TV, but go out there, be Catholic, be truly Catholic. What truly Catholic countries like Spain and Italy, which unfortunately have fallen so low as well, but the the way these countries were converted was for us being out there in the streets. Don't be afraid of it. We have nothing to worry about. I mean, we we have God on our side. What could we fear from this world if our reward for being good Catholics is eternal bliss looking at the the just everything that god can give to us absolutely absolutely you know i have been uh, participating in your rosary crusade to consecrate texas and i've been participating in houston and you have people doing it in dallas san antonio and all sorts of cities and tyler and galveston and where other where other places are y'all doing them we're in Waco, we're in Fort Worth, Dallas, uh, University of North Texas, Denton. Uh, we have some people there. That's actually a, a great group because they're they're all very young college kids. I was really shocked that, that so many of them came out. There's a very nice group up there. We're out in Tyler. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. We, we're trying to get someone in El Paso. So we're pretty much all over the board in, in Texas. Awesome. Thanks awesome. be to God. Absolutely. Thanks be to God. And I really love that. I don't know who uh, kind of wrote out the prayers for what y'all wanted to, uh, were the intentions rather, but they are great for the repentance, penance, and conversion of all political, economic, and religious leaders, for the for the conversion of sinners to set the dying and uh, for save the dying, set free the blessed souls in purgatory, for the unity of all Texas Christians, for political unity in all Christians in the state of Texas, for the virtue of purity and modesty, 
for the protection of the family. I love it. It's it's so beautiful. It's something that we really need. And, you know, it's so counter-revolutionary to be out there in the public square praying the rosary in public. And people get turned off by that. They say, you know, you should say the rosary in the quiet of your home. Aren't you violating the principle that God set out and said, don't let other people see you when you're praying? How do you respond to that? Sure. And uh, I, 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 when, I think when God said that, when uh, Jesus said that was, it, when we go out and pray, we, we don't do it to show who we are. We do it to show our submission for God. And Catholics have throughout society always taken up the public space. That's what we're called to do. It's a very much, in, and I think in America we've been very much influenced by Protestantism, where we have that notion that we go home, we sit down, and and prayers is like a jacket that we take off uh, when we're in the public square. And that's actually not true. Catholics have always been to bring processions out there, to bring rosaries. I'm, I'm thinking of the confraternities in uh, in Spain, walking out there for each feast day. Uh, we have to start taking a space. People need to see us. And you'll be surprised how many people are hungry for that, how many people will get interested, and we can start bringing them closer to the faith because I think most of the problems that this nation has are not going to be solved through natural means. We need supernatural intervention to be able to, to save this nation and the world from the chastisement that is coming. Amen, amen. Where can people find out more information about a Consecrate Texas movement? Yeah, uh, the consecratetexas.com. We have all the information that you need there, includes the prayers. If there isn't something near you or you're not able to make it to uh, the marches, that's fine. We have prayers there you can do at home. Uh, the devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus is very important. So we have all those prayers. And always, please, pray for us. And if, you, if you're at home, we actually have one family. They can't make it. They're a large family. And what they do is they actually join us but they pray around their neighbors so they just go oh, with wow. the family and they pray around the block which is great if you could do that please amen amen well thank you daniel for joining us god bless you god love you check out consecratetexas.com and spiritustv.com for more information on everything we talked about today but we'll be going into our next hour so stay tuned we'll be right back with more happy drive time after this in life, we've got to keep focused on the goal, and the goal is heaven. The key to winning is choosing to do God's will and love others with all you've got. Sacrifice, discipline, and prayer are essential. We gain strength through God's word. We receive grace from the sacraments. And when we fumble due to sin, and it's going to happen, confession puts us back on the field. So if you haven't been going to Mass weekly, get back in the game. We're saving your seat on the starting bench this Sunday. Welcome home. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. What's your go-to for interpreting the Bible? You go on Sinatra, he did it his way, or you go on Magisterium, we're doing it the Apostles' way. Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. The Magisterium. What's that? That's the indisputable 2,000-year teaching authority of the Church. The Catechism says, the task of giving an authentic interpretation of the Word of God has been entrusted to the living teaching office of the Catholic Church alone. Secondly, a stark contrast. Again, the Catechism says, the Magisterium is not 
not superior to the Word of God, but it is its servant. In contrast, the megachurch pastors are coming up with some crazy stuff. They tell us, quote, God is doing a new thing, or the Lord spoke to me this. Humorously, out from all of this, they become their own pseudo-magisterium. And thirdly, Mr. Sinatra, your voice and your music in the 40s swooned my mother. But with lofty lyrics and a lot of ego, your advice from the 1975 hit, I did it my way, falls short. Come on, let's get under the comforting shade of the magisterium. Catholic Radio gives us something all day, every day, to fill our lives with our faith. We are completely inundated by the world constantly. Every time you go out shopping, the music that's playing, the the visuals that you see, TV, everything, we need Catholicism filling our minds. The Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Your 24-hour-a-day source of Catholic inspiration. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Hi, I'm Amy Shields from St. Dominic Village, and you're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. And today, we've been talking a lot about being a martyr, about being a church militant, about taking up space, all these things. And I was thinking about what St. Basil had to say about the 40 martyrs of Sebast. What did St. Basil say? He said, Oh, sacred troop, oh, glorious company. O invincible battalion, flowers of the church, yes, I repeat, human flowers, stars that shine among the stars, martyrs worthy of the praise of all the centuries. To you the doors of paradise were opened, and from the palaces of heaven the angels, prophets, patriarchs, and all saints came out to witness your triumphal arrival a sight worthy of the angelic army, forty warriors in the very flower of their youth who have disdained this life, who have loved the Lord above parents, children, wives, and relatives. They disregarded this temporal life that they might glorify God in their members. Having raised up the trophy of their victory against hell, each one received a crown from the hand of Christ Jesus our Lord, to whom be glory and dominion to the ages of ages. So says St. Basil the Great about the 40 martyrs of Sebast. Yes, these great martyrs who were military soldiers who were told to denounce God, but instead they'd rather die than to denounce our Lord. And you know, there's a story about the 40 martyrs that I think is a great lesson for us. And the 40 martyrs of Sebast we in the top of the hour of the last hour, I mentioned how there was one soldier who survived the martyrdom and they wanted to try to get him to denounce the faith. And so they, they nursed him back to health and they were like, okay, we're going to let him get healthy. We're going to try to get him to condemn the faith. But his mother encouraged him to be a martyr instead. And so he was, but the more common, and so that's a very less, lesser known story and a very worthy and honorable person, his mother, but a lesser known, or a more, or rather, it's actually the more commonly known story 
about the, the 40 Martyrs of Ast is how one soldier did, in fact, recant. One soldier did recant, and he runs back out to the soldiers, to the Roman soldiers, to pinch incense to the gods. And when he did, they welcomed him into the hot springs. And after having been in the frozen lake for so long, he dives into the hot springs, and his body goes into shock, and he dies and immediately is condemned because he just renounced our Lord. What is a lesson with that? What is a lesson from that action? That in rejecting Christ and caving to the, to the devil, to the world, the flesh, and the devil is not the victory you think it will be. Whenever you cave in to what the left wants, and you cave in to what the devil desires for your soul, you think that you might be getting something good. You think you might be getting a comfort. You think that you have these, these good things that the devil promises you. But no, never. In fact, you may experience it for just one moment. And even if you experience the rest of your life, what is that compared to eternity? So instead... Be strong in the faith. Stand up and be willing to stand up for what we believe in. Let us hate everything, have a contempt for everything, save that of our Lord, save that of the faith, have contempt for the world, the flesh, the devil, our families, everything that would lead us away from Christ. Let us hold that in contempt at arm's length in favor of Christ the King. What a beautiful Beautiful story of the 40 martyrs. And, you know, whenever they, you saw the people there, the soldiers, and they saw the one man who apostatized, the soldiers, actually one of them, was inspired by the 39 who stayed fast. And he stripped his clothes off and ran into the icy tundra, dove into the frozen water to die with the other 39 men. So the number would stay 40 strong. What a grace. May we be those 39 who inspire others to stand up and be martyrs for Christ. That sounds like me when uh, I get challenged to do cold showers. I feel like I'm going to die. Well, I'm just going to jump in now. You just jump in and, and die <laughs> by cold shower. Imagine. Oh, man. The coroner man. shows up. Death by a cold shower. I'm so weak. Why am I so weak? I yeah. think about that sometimes. <laughs> about why is Rudy so weak? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. I have to shed my, my human chains. Yeah, honestly. And I was, whenever I was over at, um, in Port Arthur on last Saturday and carrying the Statue of Our Lady. By the way, Port Arthur is just directly north of one of the most historic Texas Civil War battles that there ever was. Really? Yeah, it's called uh, the Sabine Pass. Oh, Sabine Pass. And basically all of these uh, these Yankee ships were coming through the Sabine Pass and they were just getting plucked like, I mean, fish in a barrel stuff right there. But uh, yeah, I've, I've always wanted to go there, Port Arthur, but I don't know. It's two hours away and it's, like uh, right it's on tough. The street, dude. Every time, every time that I have time to do that, Something comes up. 
It'll be like, oh, Maria's not having a good day today. Oh, I'm feeling sick. I'm too tired. <laughs> we never go. Too tired. So <laughs> now my new excuse is, well, we're going to have a, a little newborn, so I'm not sure. I'm starting to think you don't, don't really want to go. Well, yeah, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing there. It's just like uh, like a little plaque, there. you know, like, yeah, this is where it happened. But Yeah, there's really nothing in Yeah, there's there. nothing there. Well, you know, I was thinking about what you were saying a second ago about why am I so weak. When I was on the pilgrimage, and we were carrying the statue of Our Lord, or of Our Lady, rather, and the wood of the platform that Our Lady was on was digging into my shoulder. I was thinking, man. I am so weak. I am like an excruciating pain. I'm exhausted. I'm hot. And I was thinking, my goodness, our Lord, he was scourged. He was beaten. He was betrayed. He was in anguish. He was in despair. He had a crown of thorns drilled into his head. He was spat upon. All these things struck with the reed, and then he carries the cross, and he doesn't complain not one time, not one murmur of complaining. He bears it, and then he falls to the ground, and imagine like hitting the ground with the crown of thorns stuck on your head, and digging into your skull. My goodness. And I was like, man, why am I so weak? Why can I not carry this cross and have it be feel as light as our Lord did? It's kind of amazing. It's kind of amazing to think about how amazing our Lord is and how much he loved us. And he was willing to not even utter one complaint during that whole experience. I think that's the key word there, right? Love. I mean, what, what really pushes us forward? And I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be the guy that's, you know, like, well, we need his love, man. But no, really. I mean, authentic love. Think about the, the love that our blessed Lord had for us to even go through that. And one of the things uh, that you, you didn't mention, Adrian, maybe you did and I missed it. But um, one of the things I, I, I always forget is that actually on top of all of that suffering, our blessed Lord, he was thrown in prison. So he probably didn't even get to sleep the night before. So he's going into this without sleep, without rest. He's being scourged to the absolute limit of human tolerance, carries that cross. And what's carrying it? It's his great love for us because that's what he came into the world to do, to redeem us by his holy cross. And so when we find ourselves in these really difficult situations, you know, because we do that all the time, right? We, we find ourselves in, in just difficult situations. This is, this is just a fact of life. We're not living in paradise right now. Nothing is perfect in this world. But when we find those situations, we can offer those up out of love and emulate our Lord. I'll always remember uh, when our first daughter was born that my, my, uh, my wife was offering up all of that pain for, for the Pope, for uh, the conversion of sinners and all these things. And that really left an impression on me. It was very, very impressive to see that because it's one of the worst pains that you can go through. Uh, that, you know, luckily you and I, we don't ever have to experience that. <laughs> but uh, but it was that great love that was driving her forward and she was emulating Christ. And I think that's something that we can take away as we um, kind of get to almost, are we like in the midpoint of Lent, kind of? Not, Not really, right? Not I mean, what, what are we, like three weeks in? We so 
I don't know, kind of midpoint. I mean, we can start thinking about this, right? Because Lent is driving us forward and it's, it's, it's directing our mind to that great sacrifice that our Lord made. So we can start thinking about that. And that's really going to put our Lent into perspective here. You know, you mentioned about the, the, our Lord going to prison, right? Mm. So when I went to the Holy Land, we actually got to go to the, to the house of Caiaphas where he was imprisoned. And dude, it's bad. It's gnarly, huh? It's bad. Yeah. You know how they put him into prison? There was a hole in the ground. That's where they stored water. And they just dropped him in. Yeah. And they had to row down a rope and they had to pull him up out of it. Yeah. The drop is like it's like ten feet. Yeah. Or more than that even. And they dropped him into it. The sorts of things our Lord went through for us. It's yeah. incredible. And if you go God down so there good. and like you said, he didn't sleep. Well, you're hundred percent correct. Apparently, tradition holds that he uh stayed up the entire night in prayer and if you go down there because now they have a staircase they built so you can walk down there there is actually an imprint of a man kneeling in prayer mm. that is uh that is imprinted on the wall and they say that's the imprint of our lord that he would uh he was like glowing in the in the prison cell wow and that he is imprint of his body was was flashed onto the uh the wall beside him Ah, Lord, I love you. Isn't that so amazing? good? <sighs> Crazy. Crazy things you, you rarely, rarely think of. And yeah. Woo-wee. Man, God is so good. And that's what I, I think that we should meditate upon whenever we get in those situations. Like you talked about your wife suffering and offering up those sufferings for salvation of souls, the conversion of sinners. And I think about that, Mike. Our Lord was willing to suffer detraction, calumnies, all these things against him. Humiliation. Humiliations. And how often do we do anything in our power to avoid those kind of things? Because, you know, we have a right to our to our good name. And I was talking to my friend, Mr. Cesar, uh, with the TFP the other day, and we were chatting, and he was telling me about Blessed Anna Maria Taiji and how she was calumniated constantly. They were lying about her, telling these falsities that that she would abuse her children and all these different things that were outright lies. And whenever her daughter told her her father about these calumnies that were uh, being heaped upon his wife, he was driven into a fury and he went over to the uh, to the man who was calumniating her and he beat him. He beat him. And his uh, mother and her mother, the, the young girl, to went to Blessed, uh, blessed Anne Marie Taiji, went to the daughter and was like, you never tell your father this again. This is something that, I, that God has given to me so I can suffer. Do not take that by telling your father and having him uh, go into his fury. Get thee behind me, Satan. <laughs> I was like, man, if I was in her shoes, I'd be like, yeah, get him, dad. Get him. <laughs> <laughs> well, my dad could beat your dad up. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so it's, it's pretty amazing to think about. So let us stand up. Let us defend our Lord. Let us be able to endure every suffering for the sake of the kingdom of God. Let us not be cowards. Let us have ask God for the gift of courage, for calmness and confidence and the victory of our Lord and our lady. Let's ask for that today. And that's going to lead us into our game show. The number to call is 877-757-9424 if you want to be part of our game show. 
That number is 877-757-9424. Fear and Trembling is coming up next, 877-757-9424. You can call now, and you can be the contestant. One last time, 877-757-9424. We'll be right back with the Fear and Trembling Game Show after this one. Hey, Donnie, what two important things do we receive when we go to Mass? Scripture and the Eucharist. Great job. You're so smart. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. How many times have you heard it said that the church has been weak and ineffective? Well, G.K. Chesterton says the church has been so powerful and effective that it colored even the things it had not hoped to influence and changed its enemies as well as its friends. It affects everything it touches. It inspires a life-changing love from its friends and a self-destructive hatred from its enemies. Its enemies will do everything to destroy it, and they end up destroying everything, except the church. The Catholic Church, says Chesterton, has endured for 2,000 years, and the world within the church has been more lucid, more level-headed, more reasonable in its hopes, more healthy in its instincts, more humorous and cheerful in the face of fate and death than all the world outside. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org. So the neighbor who we've spoken to, you know, just in greeting, but who I don't believe has ever spoken back to us, out of the blue uh, surprised us. One day we were getting the kids in the car for Mass and asked us if we were going to Mass. I was dumbstruck for about probably 10 seconds. It was great that we had an opportunity to share about our parish and that we were Catholic. Turned out she was Catholic too and she assumed we were because of the bumper sticker on our car. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. That's the number to call to be on our game show, Fear and Trembling and Look at that. The phone's just lit up. Praise be to God. If you want to be our contestant in the future, because we always take our first caller, that number to call is 877-757-9424. Make sure you write that number down because we always take the first caller. So if you want to be on our show, all you have to do is be able to write that number down, 877-757-9424. Hop on early and wait on hold, and you will be our caller. So make sure you keep that in mind. And the game is very simple. If you're not familiar with how the game works, it's very simple. I have three Catholic trivia questions here, and I'm not going to ask you the question. Instead, no, I'm going to ask Rudy the question, and Rudy's job is to tell me, give me an answer. It's your job to guess who is right and is he telling you the truth? Is he t- is he telling you a lie? 
Uh, that's your job. So it's a 50-50 chance. Think of it as a true or false kind of question. So I ask Rudy the question. He gives me an answer. You tell me, is he right or is he wrong? And each correct answer gets one opportunity put into the coffee cup of Divine Providence to win this week's prize. And Rudy, what could they win? Well, this week you're going to be able to win a sticker pack from Worthy of Agape. Now, this is a sticker pack from their Auspice Maria line. And you might be wondering, what is Auspice Maria? What does that even mean? It means under the protection of Mary. So you can uh, put these stickers on your hydro flask or whatever on your water bottle, and you can evangelize people with this beautiful sticker pack. Now, if you're looking for a beautiful uh, Catholic home goods, mass sets, uh, other stickers and apparel, Make sure to check out WorthyofAgape.com. Thank you again, Worthy of Agape, for sponsoring our game show this week. Amen, amen. Thank you, Worthy of Agape. Uh, joining us right now via telephone is Mary. Mary, good morning to you. Good morning. Mary, where are you calling from? Lavernia, Texas. Lavernia, Texas. Praise be to God. Where is Lavernia, Texas? I've never heard that that name of that city. Uh, we're east of San Antonio. East of San Antonio. Praise be to God. I'll have to uh, make a trip out to Lavernia, Texas. My parents are actually heading over to San Antonio tomorrow, and my sister is actually currently in San Antonio. I don't know what, what's up with San Antonio, but everybody's going over there. And uh, my sister took off yesterday to go there for, I think, an engagement party or something like that or something like that. I don't know. We're east of San Antonio, too, you know. Technically. Technically, <laughs> we are east of San Antonio, too. But, Mary, how is your link going? Uh, going pretty good. Going pretty good. Praise be to God. You're you're holding strong to your 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 Linton decisions. Your Linton fast. Your Linton sacrifices. Holding strong, and I'm taking the kids to school right now, so they're all in the car with me. And we were just talking about it. I was reminding them that today is Friday, so. Um, for their school lunches to be sure to remember not to eat the meat. Amen. Wow. Amen. Put that uh, Catholic guilt into them. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. My, yeah, my mom, uh, she, she made us fast for every Friday in Lent. Wow. Uh, our entire lives because she didn't know that the requirement was only the bare minimum requirement was just no meat. And so she thought it was, you also have to fast. So she would uh, make us fast. And we'd only eat two little small meals, and then we'd have dinner, and uh, it would be oh. meatless. And What's the equivalent of a giga chad? Because uh, that's what Mary Catherine is. I, I agree. I agree. So very good, Mary. Praise <laughs> be to God. I'm glad you're you're, you're instilling the uh, those Catholic principles in your kids this morning. But good morning to your children. You bet. They're so excited that we're playing the game this morning. We listen every day on the way to school. Ah, cool. praise be to God. I hope praise you win to today. And do y'all have spring break next week? We do. Awesome, awesome. Y'all going on a uh, big trip? No, not really. We're probably just going to go visit my parents down. They live down near Corpus. Nice, nice. Neat. Corpus. What a wonderful name. Opportunity on the, your drive over to Corpus. Talk about the body of Christ. Talk about Corpus Christi. Mm, interesting, interesting. All right, Mary, are you familiar with how the game works? Are you ready to play? We are ready. All right, let's do it. Uh, Rudy? The question goes to you. Are you ready? I am ready. All right. Well, here is the question. What first century heretical sect believed that its members possessed a certain supernatural and natural knowledge not given to or obtainable by others? 
first century, you said? First century. I remember it very well. Uh, you were a, there. It was a great time. Yes. Yeah, lots of development, lots of changes going on uh, after our Lord. Uh, well, this group of guys, you know, these guys, these guys, these guys, they were known as uh, Gnostics. Gnosticism is what they subscribe to. Okay, you're going with Gnosticism. And I would say, use guys. Use guyses. You know, use, use our heretics, right? Use a Gnostic, right? You, you know, that doesn't make any sense. So, okay, I see what you're saying. You're Gnosticism. saying Gnostic because yeah. Gnosis means knowledge. True. And so that's that's what you're going with Gnosticism. Mm-hmm. Okay, I see what you're doing there. That's very, very smart of you. All right, Mary Catherine. The question on the table okay. is, which first century heretical sect believed that its members possessed a certain supernatural and natural knowledge not given to or obtainable by others Rudy says Gnosticism. Is he right? Is he wrong? Is it true or is it false? Is he trying to trick you? What say you, Mary Catherine and kids? Um, we think that's about the hardest question we've heard all week. So we're gonna go with it's true. So Way wise. to go. <laughs> the, the kids uh, were were telling you the answers, right? They they knew. They were like, This isn't tricky, mom. You you're tricky for you. We knew the answer. <laughs> Yeah, I hear them. They're so like, yeah, wise. that's right. That's exactly right. Praise be to God. <laughs> I knew you guys were smart. Are you all ready for question number two? Yes. All right. Let's jump into it. The question number dos. Rudy, at what age is a cardinal not able to participate in a pontifical election? Cardinal, we're talking about birds? Um, those no. birds, they don't have a very long lifespan. So Yeah. Uh, okay, we're talking about cardinals in the church. Okay, yeah. like the cardinalate. Ah, uh, okay. All right, well, actually, it's a funny story, right? Okay. So, you know Lego, right? The toys? Okay, I'm familiar. All right, Lego, if you look at the packaging, it says it's from ages 0 to 99. Oh. Right? Okay. And they actually got that from the Catholic Church. Really? Because at age 99, the cardinals are not allowed to vote in the next pontifical election. You're telling me that the Legos keep yeah. up with church politics? They were, yeah, they're Catholic. Wow, that's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Okay, well, there you go, folks. And the that's very interesting to me. Well, at least it wasn't the uh, the Cardinals, the Birds, because we know those guys can't vote. Uh, <laughs> all right, Mary Catherine and ch- kids. The question on the table is: At what? age is a cardinal not able to participate in a pontifical election rudy says 99 just like the age just like the legos Uh, what say you mary catherine and kids is he right is he wrong is he telling the truth is he lying to you is it true is it false what say y'all true true we say true True? are you you sure sure? i think i heard false well we don't think it has anything to do with legos (laughs) Oh, so, so you, uh, <laughs> okay. Are you? you know, I want to go well, with right. true or false? Well, I don't think it has anything to do with Legos, guys. Yeah. Okay, false. we're gonna say false. false. <laughs> <laughs> they knew it the whole time. They were just hustling us. That's what it you was. You know, the truth is not very far off from from the lie here. They can stop voting at eighty. Yeah, they so stop voting at eighty. What's another? I figured it was really old, but I didn't think ninety nine. <laughs> what's another couple case. of years? You know? Yeah. So yeah, they stop at eighty. The uh, yeah, once a cardinal turns 80, they no longer have voting rights. But there you go, folks. Let's jump into question number three. 
Uh, number three, question number three. You're in for two, so praise be to God. We'll be able to get this third one in the bag. I'm sure of it. Rudy, in what year were Saints Peter and Paul put to death by Emperor Nero? Yeah, so you know how in the scriptures uh, you read them, and especially in the Old Testament, you see them, you know, the, the people just lived for hundreds of years? Yeah. Well, actually, it was 1531. 1531. When Emperor Nero put Peter and Paul to death. Wow. That was after Martin Luther. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. They were still alive. Very interesting. Very interesting. Okay. It was heartbreaking for them to see him. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. All right, Mary Catherine kids, this might be the trickiest question we've ever had in the history of a show, in my opinion. The question is, in what year were Saints Peter and Paul put to death by the Emperor Nero? Rudy seems to think that it was 1531. Well, that's up to you guys. Is he right? Is he wrong? Is he telling the truth? Is he lying to you? What say you, Mary Catherine and kids? False. Definitely false. Definitely false. Definitely false, you say. Definitely false. Oh, there we go. The actual year was year 67. Early on. In 67 AD, Emperor Nero executed Saints Peter and Paul. So praise be to God. Y'all are nailing it. I know you're very smart. But we are going to be shuffling our prize out here. And I so have we're going to be drawing the name. In my hand right and the answer now. Is you're not going to believe this. No, I'm not going to believe it. You're not going to. I don't believe you. Stop. I don't believe you. I cannot You're believe this. You're lying to me. Tune in tomorrow to find out. <laughs> Just kidding. It's Mary Catherine. Congratulations. Mary Catherine and kids. Congratulations. You have just won the sticker pack from the uh, Worthy of Agape store. Congratulations, Mary Catherine and kids. Don't go away. We're going to put you on hold and we're going to get your address so we can send this out to you. Well, way to go. Awesome. Y'all you. rock. God bless y'all. Have a great day at school and have a good spring break. Yeah. I'll put you on hold. Stay on the line. We're going to get your contact information. That's going to do it for the week. Come back on Monday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern for more Catholic Drive Time. Or you can hop on our social media feeds, YouTube, Facebook, Rumble, Odyssey, and you can join us there and comment, and we'll interact with you directly. So make sure you do that today. If not, we'll see you back Monday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, across the Guadalupe Radio Network. God bless you. God love you. We'll see you soon. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi, home of the Salt community. For more information, visit salt.net. 
Today we celebrate the Friday of the second week of Lent. This Mass is offered for the intentions of our online viewers and those listening through Guadalupe Radio. In you, O Lord, I put my trust. Never let me be put to shame. Release me from the snare they have hidden for me. For you indeed are my refuge. In you, O Lord, I put my trust. Let me never be put to shame. Release me from the snare they have hidden for me. For you indeed are my refuge. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning is now and will be forever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Lord be with you. Brethren, let us acknowledge our sins, and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God, and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. Grant, we pray, Almighty God, that purifying us by the sacred practice of penance, you may lead us in sincerity of heart to attain the holy things to come. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Reading from the book of Genesis. Israel loved Joseph best of all his sons, for he was the child of his old age, and he made him a long tunic. When his brothers saw that their father loved him best of all his sons, they hated him so much that they would not even greet him. One day, when his brothers had gone to pasture their father's flocks at Shechem, Israel said to Joseph, Your brothers, you know, are tending our flocks at Shechem. Get ready, I will send you to them. So Joseph went after his brothers, and caught up with them in Dothan. They noticed him from a distance, and before he came up to them, they plotted to kill him. They said to one another, Here comes that master dreamer. Come on, let us kill him, and throw him into one of the cisterns here. We could say that a wild beast devoured him. Then we shall see what will come of his dreams. When Reuben heard this, he tried to save him from their hands, saying, We must not take his life. Instead of shedding blood, he continued, just throw him into that cistern out there in the desert, but do not kill him outright. His purpose was to rescue him from their hands and return him to his father. 
So when Joseph came up to them, they stripped him of the long tunic he had on. Then they took him and threw him into the cistern, which was empty and dry. Then they sat down to their meal. Looking up, they saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead, their camels laden with gum, balm, and resin to be taken down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, What is to be gained by killing our brother and concealing his blood? Rather, let us sell him to these Ishmaelites instead of doing away with him ourselves. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh. His brothers agreed. They sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver. The word of the Lord. Remember the marvels the Lord has done. Remember the marvels the Lord has done. When the Lord called down a famine on the land and ruined the crop that sustained them, he sent a man before them, Joseph, sold as a slave. Remember the marvels the Lord has done. They had weighed him down with fetters, and he was bound with chains, till his prediction came to pass, and the word of the Lord proved him true. Remember the marvels the Lord has done. The king sent and released him. The ruler of the people set him free. He made him lord of his house and ruler of all his possessions. Remember the marvels the Lord has done. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, so that everyone who believes in him might have eternal life. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to the chief priests and the elders of the people, Hear another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard put a hedge around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a tower. Then he leased it to tenants and went on a journey. When vintage time drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to obtain his produce. But the tenants seized the servants, and one they beat, another they killed, and a third they stoned. Again he sent other servants, more numerous than the first ones, but they treated them in the same way. Finally, he sent his son to them, thinking, they will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to one another, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him and acquire his inheritance. They seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. What will the owner of the vineyard do to those tenants when he comes? They answered him, He will put those wretched men to a wretched death and lease his vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at the proper times. Jesus said to them, Did you never read in the scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. By the Lord has this been done, and it is wonderful in our eyes. Therefore I say to you, 
the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that will produce its fruit. When the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his parables, they knew that he was speaking about them. And although they were attempting to arrest him, they feared the crowds, for they regarded him as a prophet. The Gospel of the Lord. We are continuing in our Lenten journey towards Holy Week. And our readings today, first of all, point us towards what our Lord Jesus accomplished during Holy Week. We hear in the first reading the story of Joseph from the book of Genesis, one of the 12 sons of Jacob, somewhere around 1800 BC. And we hear this story about how he was most favored, most loved by his father, and he received this tunic also known as the coat of many colors, or as one musical had it, the amazing technicolor dream coat. And Joseph, as we just begin his story here, is a type of Christ. That is, one of those figures of the Old Testament before Christ that in himself was sort of a shadowy figure pointing forward, reflecting in himself some of the things that Christ would then fulfill in completion. So it is that Joseph is one who is envied and is mistreated and suffers greatly and unjustly. But as we know and as the psalm begins to point out, ultimately that suffering is bringing him to the place where he will be in a position to do great good, to save his family as well as many people, and even to forgive his brothers when he has the chance. And all this points forward to what our Lord Jesus accomplished during Holy Week as he was unjustly accused, as he suffered wrongly, as he did all for our salvation, forgiving even those who crucified him. At the same time that this points forward to what our Lord Jesus accomplished during Holy Week, it also is part of our continuing examination of conscience during this Lenten season. So as we may ask ourselves whether we find in ourselves any of this sin that we see in the first reading and in the gospel reading, the sin of envy, the sin of envy. When we are looking upon the good things that someone else has and it causes us to be sad, and perhaps it causes us to desire to obtain them in an unjust manner, this is one of the capital sins because it leads to other sins. Thus St. Gregory the Great says that when we envy what someone else has, it may cause us to hate them or it may cause us to gossip about them, whether we are speaking about bad things about them to others, which, or those things might even be false, which is calumny. We lie about them to drag them down in others' eyes. Or it might cause us to be sad when someone else has something good happen to them, or to be happy when someone else has something bad happen to them. What ugliness envy can lead us to. Envy. We look at what someone else has and compare it to ourselves and think, I wish I had this greater thing that they had. And it might be material things, material things they possess, or it might be things that they ex experience, work experience, education, their talents. It might be their relationships, their marriage, their children. It might even be spiritual things, things they experience in prayer, spiritual gifts that they have. So many ways we might fall into envy. But how do we not fall into envy? At least two ways. The first 
is to stop comparing. Stop comparing. It's a natural thing to say, oh, let me look, compare myself to this other person. But don't. Truly those who are parents of children, or those who are employers or teachers, know that when they love and seek to do good for their children or their employees or their students, that they don't often treat them in the same exact way, but instead they treat them in the way that each needs. And what each needs is different. And so to love each equally will lead that person to act differently, giving each one what that one needs. So it is that what the Lord gives to us, whether it be allowing suffering or giving us good things and blessings of different kinds, it's not a matter of comparing that to someone else. It's a matter of keeping our eyes focused on Him and recognizing He is giving to us or permitting for us exactly what we need. Not the same as someone else, but just what we need. Another thing we can do is to focus on gratitude. Not to compare what someone else has, but to look at what we have and say thank you to the Lord for it. Things that you and I have, someone else might envy because they don't have it. But if we just look at ourselves and thank God for those things, those material things, those intangible things that we have experienced or have, those relationships, all of those things, what blessings each of us has received. The Lord has indeed cared for us, cultivated us like that, that landowner planting his vineyard, taking all these steps to make it a beautiful vineyard, one that can produce fruit. And how good when from that vineyard that is us grows not envy and all those other sins, but instead a love and a prayerfulness for him. Instead grows a readiness to share the life of faith with others. Grows works of mercy as we act in, towards others meeting their needs, whether they be material or spiritual. Grows love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, all those fruits of the Spirit. The Lord is providing us all that we need so that we may be that beautiful, flourishing vineyard. Let us in this Lenten journey set aside envy and become that beautiful vineyard the Lord wants us to be. Brothers and sisters, gathered to celebrate the mysteries of our redemption, let us pray to Almighty God, asking Him to fill the whole world with His gifts. That Christ, who upon the cross forgave those who did not know what they did, may have mercy upon His Church, let us pray to the Lord. That the Lord who died upon the cross to redeem us may have pity upon the whole human family, let us pray to the Lord. That the Lord who experienced the bitterness of feeling alone and abandoned may have compassion on those who live in anxiety because of their sins and give them pardon and peace, let us pray to the Lord. That Christ who welcomed the repentant thief upon the cross may open the gates of paradise to us as well, let us pray to the Lord. Father of mercies, we ask that you hear our prayers and since we have known the love of your Son, made manifest in his glorious death, grant that we may rejoice fully in his gifts through Christ our Lord.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the bread we offer you, fruit of the earth and work of human hands, that will become for us the bread of life. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the wine we offer you, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May your merciful grace prepare your servants, O God, for the worthy celebration of these mysteries and lead them to it by a devout way of life. Through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, for you will that our self-denial should give you thanks, humble our sinful pride, contribute to the feeding of the poor, and so help us imitate you in your kindness. And so we glorify you with countless angels, as with one voice of praise we acclaim, Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Degus Sabavo, Plenis uncelli et terra, gloria tua. Hosanna in excelsis, benedictus, qui venit in nomine domini. Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it. For this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, 
and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim your death, O Lord, until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis our Pope and Michael our Bishop and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the Blessed Apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. At the Savior's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. On you Qui tollis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tollis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. 
Agnus de Regi, qui tollis peccata mundi, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. For those who are unable to receive our Lord sacramentally in Holy Communion at this time, we invite you to pray the act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. God loved us and sent his Son as expiation for our sins. God loved us and sent his Son as expiation for our sins. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. God loved us and sent his Son as expiation for our sins. Let us pray. Having received this pledge of eternal salvation, we pray, O Lord, that we may set our course so well as to attain the redemption you promise. Through Christ our Lord, The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life. Ave Regina. The Prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan 
and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee, through the intercession and help of the Archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one, from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Transmitting the treasures of our Catholic faith to your radio every day. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. This is KSHJAM 1430 Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network. We are 100% listener supported. And do you know what that means? This is your radio station. Thank you so much for your generous support. 